Welcome to the Simpler Business Podcast, where we talk about ways to do what you love and serve your people in a way that brings you income and freedom. I'm your host, Marissa Roberts. Join me as I chat with my favorite entrepreneurs about how they simplify their biz so that you can simplify yours. We're chatting with Alana today about simplifying podcasting. Alana is one of the hosts of the Oversubscribed podcast, the podcast for women who are hell-bent on squeezing the most out of life. Doesn't that sound amazing? On Oversubscribed, (laughs) Alana and her co-host, Laura Jackal, talk about podcasting, pop culture, motherhood, and modern issues affecting women. They were featured by Apple Podcasts as a new and noteworthy podcast in March 2020, jumping from 10,000 to 15,000 listens in just six short weeks. They've also been featured in some amazing publications like In Touch Magazine and the Newcastle Herald and are now mentoring other podcasters with a workshop coming up on how to attract sponsors after developing a relationship with Event Cinemas as their major sponsor for season three. Now, you know how much I love podcasts and I've been lucky enough to be a guest on Oversubscribed and I have to say it was such a smooth and fun experience. It was so good that I just had to get Alana on here to talk about how they make their podcasting experience so smooth. So welcome, Alana. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Marissa. I'm so excited to talk to you. I just, I had the best experience with your podcast and I'm a regular listener and I just love it. I think you guys find a really good balance between like meaty important issues but also the fun stuff that we can relate to as well and I know you guys have had a special COVID um, uh, season or episodes kind of jumping in that are helping you know mums and women and people who are just kind of feeling a little bit lost and overwhelmed at the moment so I really really like the content that you guys are putting out you're doing an amazing job thank you thanks so much we're really enjoying it too so tell us, how did Oversubscribe first come about? Because you and Laura knew each other before, right? We did, yeah. We started working together um, at Take New South Wales here in Newcastle. We were in the in the marketing team and we really um, hit it off from, from day dot and we've stayed friends uh, all that time. And uh, she suggested to me, it was late 2018, I believe, that we should start a podcast. And so... Early 2019, we started to look into that and our first season launched, I think this date is etched in my mind, the 8th of July 2019 with our first season of Oversubscribed. Um, We were just really keen to chat as friends and and bring in our friends and other people we know into the podcast and, and really make it a fun, interesting kind of thing. You guys have come so far in a year too. Like, honestly, I feel like I've been listening to you for years and years. It's just, <laughs> you, you know when you just kind of fall in love with a show or a program and you feel like it's just been around forever? That's the vibe I get when I listen to you guys. Thank you. And that's really what we want um, to, to give off that vibe. We want to be like the friends you, you're not with or you don't have with you at the moment or something. Um, and we made a decision early on that we would talk about current issues, how they're affecting us, I suppose, but we were very conscious of not making it uh, a self-help style podcast or, or any kind of educational information in that way. It is really just like having a catch up um, with your girlfriends over coffee, really. 
I think that's what makes it so relatable. There's no, you should be doing it this way. There's no judging. I mean, hey, I love podcasts that teach, you know, where we're doing a simple business yeah. podcast right now. But sometimes you just want to break away from that. You just want to chill out. You just want to chat with people or feel a connection with people. And I think you guys are an amazing example of that. So, yeah, it's really, really cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we felt there was, you know, other people were doing educational podcasts very well. This was really just um, about having fun, something to tune in and, and tune out really uh, with. And um, that's... That's why, yeah, we simply share our experiences. We're not uh, encouraging uh, one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when I was your guest, I remember that the experience was really, really smooth, right? It was like a quick in and out. It was really, really fun. You were both so warm and friendly. And there was no... <laughs> overwhelm and I wasn't nervous going into it like that's an amazing thing for a guest to experience on a podcast so I guess thank my question you. To you oh you're welcome it's so true I guess my question to you is was creating the podcast always that smooth for you and Laura I think we have certainly fine-tuned it. So we have done three seasons now, plus the bonus season during COVID-19, which was called Life Interrupted. We have always looked for ways to streamline it. And we typically choose big evergreen topics. And then one of us each takes responsibility. We typically have about eight episodes per season. So each of us, you know, we each take four episodes and kind of lead on, lead on those um, episodes. And then the other person kind of chimes in so that in some ways um, halves the workload streamlines the process a little better and we do have a format to our episode so we know what needs to go where what has to happen when and um, my co-host Laura just has so many great contacts she's a freelance writer and she always has a great you know contact book of uh, of guests that we can bring on for interview and um I think it's just it's worked really well and actually having the guests on uh, initially I felt like no no it'll just be Laura and uh, and me talking but having the guests has certainly added some validity to our ramblings and also <laughs> has allowed us to make greater connections and also have those guests um, on many occasions share our podcast when they appear on there so that has magnified our online and social media reach as well. Oh, yeah, that's a really good growth tactic. And it's something that's actually quite organic and natural too. It's not like a hard sell business growth thing. It's just like a nice little thing that occurs as a lovely side effect really of being able to connect with your guests. So that's a really good tip yes. for anybody out there listening who's like, oh, should I start a podcast or shouldn't I? It's actually a really good vehicle when it comes to Absolutely. being known in the industry. Yeah. Well, it really is. And I'm glad that Laura um, <laughs> persisted in changing my mind on, on that aspect there because we certainly have built our relationships and our, and our followers have grown since then. We were particularly uh, strategic on occasions on who we would have on based on their influence, um, also their social media reach. And, uh, and last season, oh no, season three, uh, we did invite a lady on who has a great social media following and when she shared um, her appearance on the podcast, we just saw our follower numbers just tick up so quickly. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something to keep in mind, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I love that. All right, so let's talk a little bit about episode planning. I love how you and Laura kind of take those big issues. So you do eight episodes per season, each of you leads on four. That's a really good balance because it's not like, hey, one's the star of the podcast and the other is the backup. You actually get to even it out completely. And I think that really leads into that whole, you know, that friendship feeling of the podcast. So I yeah. guess what I'd love to know is when you're planning your episode, how do you do it? Is it like old school, you get a piece of paper, you've got your topics, 
and then you're like, okay, step one, we're doing this? Or do you just kind of go, okay, here's the topic, I'm just going to totally wing it? Like do you have like a, um, you know how writers kind of sit down with like a pattern that they follow? Do you guys do that when you're planning? Well, interestingly, we did use um, pen and paper last week, which isn't really what we usually do. Laura came over and we are uh, talking about season four at the moment and she was madly uh, writing down some ideas. But we actually use the good old Google Docs. Um, we've got a season by season folders and our, our main episodes, which we own in there. We follow a format, as I said, typically the episodes run in a similar way. So when it's Laura's episode, I, I jump into the Google Doc, for example, and I know where I have to put a few notes, a few dot points for myself. So she has all Always run the topics past me and she'll say this article is really interesting and I'm going to lead with that because you know they say this and they say that and then I say oh that's interesting because I would say x to that and so we know where to slot in we've got um, our recommendations what's got us feeling oversubscribed all those little segments within the episode so at this point in time both of us know really what we have to do and we try not to stick to the script word for word. We basically got dot points and headings so that we, we know when to chime in, for example, but it's not heavily scripted, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it comes out really natural that way too. So it's like nobody gets tongue-tied, but you also don't <laughs> come across really like stilted and wooden like you're reading from a teleprompter. And how yeah, about the sure. Google Docs too, right? So, And I think that's the thing too. Everyone thinks that when you're creating something, you need like major technology in every part of it. <laughs> Not necessarily. Google Docs is awesome because you, it's well, for one thing, it's free or it's really cheap depending on your plan. And the other is you can both work yes. on the same content at the same time and actually see in live time kind of the feedback that you giving each other and you can access Absolutely. it on your, your computer so it's really really good that's a clever way to do yeah. it I was picturing yeah. like everyone sits down with paper and writes it out and then <laughs> I don't know what I was picturing after that what are you going to fax it to each other <laughs> because you guys don't well, live in the same house you meet to record so the planning you've got to do when you're actually separate a lot of the time to fit in with real yeah, life. Yeah that's true we we send each other multiple text messages and Facebook messages uh, every day but uh, Google Docs kind of changed things in season one we were working on a Dropbox folder mm -hmm. um, but Interestingly, I'm on a MacBook. Laura has access to um, some Windows and Microsoft Word, so it was not working in that respect. So I said, we really need to move over to Google Docs and, and get this um, streamlined. And so far, it has uh, been really helpful in that way. Oh, that's good. So let's talk a little bit about how you guys record. Now, I know you guys are recording in a studio and you have, you know, mics and headphones and that sort of thing. When it comes to the actual talking part, how, because a lot of, a lot of my clients will say to me, how do you do that thing where you know when the other person's going to talk and you don't talk over the top of each other? And I'm like, personally, I have no response to that. I'm like, you edit it out guys. But do you have any tips? Do you guys have like a, like a secret signal that you give each other when you're looking across at each other and talking? Or do you plan out like I'm talking here and then you talk there? How <laughs> well, the, the formatting of the, um, the podcast certainly helps with that. So I can see what Laura's going to talk about and then when I'm going to chime in, for example. But I think we can also read each other well now. That It's not even a signal, it's just a, a look. So <laughs> we are um, getting much better at that. And like you say, little mistakes like that can be edited out. But um, we, we don't have to do too much of that. So we come in with our 
um, ideas and our draft script into Newcastle Podcast Station in, here in Newcastle. And, uh, and it's all done. It's all recorded and then edited and loaded for us. And uh, there's, there's not too much we need to think about after we have um, done our recording. Obviously, we do our show notes and put those through to our producer as well. But uh, it, is, it is coming quite seamless, I must admit. We, we were really keen to... Um, make it very um tight like that because obviously we've got families we've got kids we've got other we've got our work so we were really intent on making it as simple for each other as uh, as possible i really love that you guys outsource or delegate kind of the editing and the putting together of the podcast because sometimes i mean it's easy to make a podcast these days but when you kind of want to upgrade that quality or you want to save time it's really important to have a resource that you can use that can help polish it up so that you can focus on the actual what are you going to talk about and interacting and connecting (laughs) with your listeners i think that really frees people up a lot so for anybody who's looking to simplify podcasting that's a really good example of doing it yeah, it definitely is. Um, we had had some podcast training early in 2019. We thought we were going to be able to do all the technical bits ourselves and then we were alerted to this new podcast station opening up near us. So it has been nice to, to hand that over and just focus on um, creating the content for the podcast and for social media too. Oh, that's really, really interesting. So let's talk a little bit about guests. Do you, when you reach out to your guests, I know you mentioned that Laura had a lot of contacts anyway, and locally you guys have a few contacts as well, especially now that you've podcasted for a while. But I'm wondering when you reach out to guests, do you send like a formal pitch or do you just kind of get in touch over Facebook Messenger and go, hey, love the stuff, do you want to come and talk? How do you actually do the guest pitching? Yeah, it's simply um, an email, um, a link to uh, our podcast uh, website, or it could even be a link to Apple Podcasts so they could listen to us straight away on there or Spotify. And we just say, look, we've got this topic coming up on a a future episode. We think you would be great. You know, it's literally only 10 to 15 minutes of their time. They can come into the studio or they can call in. So we keep it pretty simple. Uh, We give them a window of time. So there's some flexibility there. And then we typically, you know, book them in. We've had a very good response on on most occasions, actually. Um, So we've been lucky because a lot of, you know, our approaches have been through people we know or or friends of friends or whatever. So that has worked quite well. But, yeah, just a simple email outlining what we need for them is is typically um, working quite well. Oh, good. So there's no need to overcomplicate it, really, because you kind of get that friendly connection if you keep it kind of simple, really, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Most people are quite um, excited about the prospect, I find. Um, and, yeah, if we just tell them exactly what we want uh, want to ask them, basically, just keep it really simple. We say, look, we might be talking about, um, you know, beauty. We want to ask you these three questions. Maybe one is what can women in their 40s do to, you know, improve their skin? What are a makeup no-nos later in life? And, and what's your favourite uh, beauty or spa treatment? So, People know what to expect uh, when they're coming in. And, um, yeah, so far it's worked really well. Oh, good. Well, Mm. what about sponsors? Most of the people Mm. I work with get really nervous about the concept (laughs) of bringing on sponsors for their podcast. It's almost like they're like, no, I'm not ready. I don't feel like I'm a real (laughs) podcast yet. They say, no, it's that fear of rejection is always there. You guys have developed a really good relationship with your season three sponsor event cinemas. How How did that come about? 
Well, um, Laura is a great driving force. She's, she's our salesperson. She's so fantastic. But when we first started in season one, our producer Mel at the uh, Newcastle podcast station said, you know, do you want to investigate getting some sponsors on? Because obviously we pay for Mel's work. And uh, season one, we were a little hesitant. We said, look, we have nothing to sell. <laughs> we were <laughs> brand new. We didn't have a single episode to show potential sponsors. So we funded season one ourselves season two was approaching and Laura and I just wrote a list of people we knew who were in business who had supported us on social media and really shown interest in the podcast and what we put to them was a season sponsor package or a per episode sponsor package and what we discovered was that we got eight individual episode sponsors so we were blown away (laughs) and uh, we had priced the um per episode sponsorship to just cover our production costs mm-hmm. and then for as season three was approaching we were thinking oh it'd be great to really have that big name season sponsor and we had known our contact at event cinemas through a lot of different um, avenues over the years and uh, we were so stoked when she wrote back straight away saying yes so we gave people the option of an episode versus season sponsorship and uh, we also developed a work with us document so it really talked about who we were about our listener statistics our social media stats as well and including some kind of brand partnerships that we had done too we had been invited to some events to kind of be the guests and and bring people together so we included a lot of that information also so there was a little bit of work in putting a work with us document together and then chasing up potential sponsors but so far um, for seasons two and three it's worked really well yeah, that's a really good example, that work with us document, because it kind of takes the emotion out of the pitch, right? Because everything they need to see is there. I know sometimes yep. when I've pitched in the past, I've had this feeling of, you know, they'll come back to me and go, yeah, sure. What's your reach like? And I'm like, oh, it feels like such a personal question. But when you already got the information on the little work with us document and you can just send that through nice and quick, it takes a lot of that emotion away, right? So you don't have to feel as personally involved in it. Absolutely. And our, um, our producer also gathers for us our, our listener stats, also where our listeners are based, uh, which episodes are the most popular. So there's a lot that we can put in there that really starts to develop a picture of who our uh, listener is and therefore does that is that business trying to target that listener. Um, we have, through our research, determined that our uh, listeners are women age 30, 40 in the English-speaking world. Uh, they most likely have children. So it does, does start to paint a picture for potential advertisers on who they could reach. That's really, really clever. So it's not like you're yeah. casting in it super wide and just hoping somebody <laughs> you know, comes in. You're actually looking at sponsors who are you know, getting in front of people anyway who are great for your podcast. So it's kind of like you're both doing each other a favour. They get exposure, you get exposure. You know, it, it helps on both sides. Definitely. And we've also included in the Work With Us document the rapid growth Australia has seen in listenership of podcasts. Like it is just exponential. And so we're also meeting with them um, a large organisation in a couple of weeks who are looking at other adver- pl- platforms to advertise on. This organisation 
isn't having a great deal of cut through uh, with traditional media. So now they've turned their attention to podcasts and they're keen to meet with us. So it is a real, um, probably a change in mine and Laura's uh, mindset in many ways that we're kind of thinking, okay, we're providing good content, we're reaching people, but we are slowly evolving into becoming media publishers um, yeah. that advertisers would, would want to work with. So we're kind of gearing up for that as, as we approach season four. I find it really interesting that you said mindset just then because that is so <laughs> true. That is so true. And I'm finding that a pattern when I'm talking to people on this podcast is at some point mindset comes up. doesn't matter what their podcast yep. is about or what their industry is about. There's always a point there where you're like, you've got to, you've got to move through that feeling of, ah, you know, that sort of imposter syndrome or I don't feel like I'm a pro yet or because honestly, <laughs> that's all just internal stuff, right? The people listening to your podcast or the people working with you in your business see you as that professional that often we don't think we're at that level yet, but we, we really are because the people that we think are already at that level have this same mindset problems that we have anyway and they're all thinking the same thing and it's like it's like it definitely around and around mindset is such a big thing and i think uh, you know would you say that action kind of moves you through that mindset like okay let's just take a step and do it and then see how, how we feel or do you have to kind of psych yourself up before you try something new mindset wise in your podcast laura is like a great coach for me because she's always pushing forward i can often get stuck in my ways but Laura is fantastic and I think the mind change the mindset change occurs when the results start coming through like Laura and I just assumed it would be our friends our family maybe some friends of friends and some old work colleagues who would be listening to the podcast <laughs> but we pulled out our stats the other day and we were blown away to discover that our city Newcastle is the fourth largest market for our podcast wow. was Sydney Melbourne and Brisbane I believe ahead and I said to Laura do you know anyone in those cities? And she's like, oh, maybe two people. And I was like, yeah, me too. So that really just like kind of changed the way we were talking because we were like, it's not all Newcastle people. Like that was really like, oh my gosh, there are people outside of here who we will never meet, would have never met, who are listening to us on a regular basis. So Yes, it's not just like, oh, thanks friends and family for supporting the podcast. <laughs> it's actually people out there who are loving it as listeners and consumers, not just connections. That is amazing. I'm so proud of yeah. you. That is Thank you. It really did surprise us. And um, there's an international audience as well. Um, New Zealand was quite surprising, nearly a thousand downloads over there and obviously the US and UK. So um, yeah. it, the, the stats are quite interesting and that can certainly, I think, um, inform the, the, the direction that you take and, and maybe the sponsors that you do seek out. Yeah, definitely. Oh, totally. It's all going to influence that going forward. I just really think that in the next year, even with all of the change in society we've had over the last couple of months here, I don't see you guys going away anytime soon. You are growing <laughs> every season. You're getting really good engagement from your listeners. I know you've been getting some good ratings as well over on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And that's not easy to do. You guys got mentioned under New and Noteworthy, which, you know, maybe five years ago, people were like, oh yeah, we can do that as long as we slog it out. You guys are getting in now when they're so much competition in podcasts and you know I think that's yep. kind of why I love the industry because it's a platform that anyone can join but it's also very easy once you've established you know your niche or your sort of audience it's very easy to stand out when you're producing good quality content and you guys really really are Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, new and noteworthy really changed things um, for us. As, as you know, we just um, 
yeah, in, in six, six short weeks, we went from, yeah, 10,000 listens to up to 15,000 listens. So um, that was uh, a really, um, a really a big game changer for us. And uh, it was a bit of a process to, uh, to apply for the new and noteworthy category, but it, uh, it certainly was worth it. Totally worth it. Yep, absolutely. All right, so I've only got one last question for you, and this is a big one. A lot of the listeners love this one. It is, <laughs> let's say you're talking to somebody who is thinking about taking that step and starting their own podcast, but they're feeling a little bit nervous, they're unsure if they can make a go of it. What advice, based on your experience, what advice would you give them? I'd encourage people to consider who they're making the podcast for, you know, consider their listeners. Um, and probably seek out a point of difference and be very clear about what your podcast is and what it isn't. I mean, I spoke earlier saying that uh, our podcast isn't, it's not self-help, it's not educational, we're not in a, a life coach kind of thing. It is just Laura and me just having a good old chat together and being quite definite about that and, and knowing who you are, what kind of podcast you have and, and what you offer is uh, one of my recommendations. I know that can be hard if you're still working it out in your mind, but often, as you know, Marissa, you know, doing something gives you the idea. You can't, you can't sit around and just think about it. You've actually got to action it. So I would uh, consider that as well and maybe even start to sketch out and, and plan, you know, what would I talk about and, and how would this flow and what would this do and da-da-da. So I reckon, yeah, have a bit of a plan in mind and think about who you're actually talking to. That is such good advice. Like nobody has to just jump on and wing it and hope for the best anymore. If you really take some time to think about who's going to be listening and how am I going to kind of, you know, make them happy or entertained or help them somehow, that's a really yeah. good way to do it. And I think that's going to give people confidence too because you're right, once you nail that part, it's like suddenly you know, okay, well, this is my purpose and this is how it's going to be good for me to be out there talking on my own podcast. And that can kind of give you that new level of confidence to actually jump in and start talking, right? Absolutely. And, you know, Laura and I didn't didn't know how this was going to go. We had a test run in the podcast studio one night and I said, look, let's talk about X. And we literally just winged it and we discovered we filled 10 minutes of recording. So <laughs> there is a bit of a leap of faith. Uh, but if you feel like you've got, you know, something worth sharing and maybe a podcast partner, which I'm, I'm so glad I have, I have Laura in that, uh, it, it could certainly be worthwhile. Absolutely. Oh, so amazing talking to you, Alana. <laughs> I've had so much fun. This has been really, really good. So if any of our listeners out there want to see more from you guys, should they go to the website? It's getoversubscribe.com or is social media better? What do you think? Where should they go? Find us on yeah, social media. That would be great. And obviously our podcast is in all the major podcast apps. So you can find us there as well. Oh, yeah. You guys are on Apple Podcasts. That used to be called iTunes, right? And it's Apple Podcasts now. And I think you're on Google Podcasts. You're on Spotify. All the major guys, you guys are already up on there, right? Yep. CastBox as well. That was, uh, we discovered where our podcast had uh, ended up in the early days by looking at those stats and seeing where our listeners were coming from. We could see which uh, podcast apps they were using. So that's oh. another good trick as well. <laughs> yeah, that is a good idea. Okay, and if they're looking yeah. on Instagram, I've looked it up. You are get oversubscribed on Instagram. So Instagram.com slash get oversubscribed and they'll see a photo with you and Laura on the profile. So yeah, I yes. would highly recommend people go and check it out. I hope you've had a really good time talking today, Alana, because I have loved it. Thank you. I have really enjoyed it too, Marissa. Thank you so much. Lovely. All right. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. And 
And everybody, if you want to see more from Alana and Laura, you can go to getoversubscribed.com or you can check them out on Instagram, getoversubscribed. And yeah, go and have a listen and you will love it too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Simpler Business Podcast. If you did, please subscribe, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to make it nice and easy for you, just the way we like it. If you're ready to simplify and scale your business, you can get started with my free audio class at marissaroberts.com. See you next time.